You gotta make sure you hold it up like you're doing the whole triangle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get, get a good reference point for the mic from. <laughs> well, I guess it's time to actually do what we came to Dayton for. And uh, past couple days we've just been hanging out. Yeah, just hung out for a few days. Got here, and uh, we get to sit down with someone that we've been pretty excited to sit down with for a while now. I know him from when I marched blue coats in 2012, and Evans met him throughout the years here. Uh, uh, the the man, the myth, the legend, Tom Rarick. Uh, we'll be let him introduce himself here in a second. But uh, before we get started, welcome everyone to the Aged Out Podcast with uh, Mike Fantini and Evan Worrell. And I guess let's just kick this thing off. We'll do what we usually do, and we'll just start with, uh, we'll let Tom kind of give his background, like how he got started, his long history in the activity, and we'll just see where it goes. Sure. Yeah, man. Go for it. So you've been around right. You've been around the block. Yeah, you call me old? No, Is not that, at all. You're okay. in your prime. No. As a no. doc, doc Holiday would say, <laughs> I'm in my prime. No, it's a, it's a good place. You get to see like people like, you know, like you guys, your, your age that have, you know, moved on to doing things like this and teaching and that kind of thing. And, um. Hey, well, my history is, I guess, um, my dad taught me to play drums. I mean, he was, my dad marched senior corps, um, 60s, 70s. He used to, like, break down, like, long rolls, like, after dinner, you know, like, you know, like. He That's would, awesome. Yeah, like, Haskell Harb, you know, Method Book, like, you know, I just full, ima- full yeah. rebound, you know, like. I just imagine that's exactly yeah. like what Alan Angst or like Jeff Prosper is getting. Like, like you have this. It's obviously yeah. your dad had experience, and you just have like a leg up from the get go, and that's awesome. We were we were we were watching RCC yesterday, and mm-hmm. I, we actually had this same conversation. Like, how awesome would it have been if your dad was like a really good just drummer, and you just had that resource at home you know, all the time? You could just after dinner, just pat it out for a while, work on whatever you wanted to. Very very lucky. You know, don't go to bed until you yeah. do your slow fast slow. Pretty much, it was like. <laughs> Like the take ten minutes to like build up to you know, not even letting the stick rebound, but just like working the wrist kind yeah. of thing and like you stroke it out. Yeah, you're going too fast, you know, could yell at me and so it, it was great. So, That's awesome. Um, but yeah, so I, I I actually didn't start drumming till like middle school or like later, but I'd always been around. My dad was still marching, I think, when I was young, well, like like one or two kind of thing. But kind of got out of that, and but we used to go to shows and that kind of thing. But it was just part of like what I would part of my childhood, I guess, just. Being around the activity, but I wasn't like you know, um, absolutely involved until until later. As far as like, I think I saw some of my friends like in a middle school parade, and I was like, "Look, oh, you you can do that, right?" Like you know, and he's like, "Well, yeah, you'll, I'll teach you if you want me to." Like kind of never pressed it on me, but it was like, yeah. When, when he did that, it just kind of took off and kind of let you yeah. get into it on your own. And then it was like, "All right, yeah, here we go." Absolutely, yeah. So just did the typical thing: high school and college. Um, went to IUP, Indiana, Indiana, Pennsylvania. Uh, which had a pretty good drum line. At, they still do, but at the time too. Did you guys... I, met, I met Chris Heston the first day. Oh, uh, nice. Of, of, of there, uh, he was he was a section leader of the drum line when I showed up. So, it's like you know, lifelong friend. Did you go there for music? Lines. Yeah, I just studied music. music performance. Awesome. Went there for that. Um, uh, I guess my sophomore, junior years, I marched. I was I marched cadets at that time too. Played snare there for two years. How did you find out about drum corps? Did you just stumble into it when you got to college, seen it in high school? No, my dad. I, I literally got to shows. your dad. You yeah. just took you from a young Yeah, age. we went to shows, like, all, we, I think my first, like, DCI show, like, we drove to Ohio, like, at one point, because it was the closest, the Blue Devils, you know, came, you know, I say that as a, as a joke, I mean, like, because I feel like everybody's, like, you know, it's, they're so iconic, you know. It's, yeah, yeah. Especially, it's, it's, it's fun to hate on them. No, I don't, I, I love those guys. They're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, we, great I, friends, I respect great everything they do. But, Dynasty. It, it just sounds funny now me saying I drove to, you know, ironically, Ohio to see the Blue Devils. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. As a seventh grader or something, you know. 
But uh, but yeah, so I, I think it was like the first time of like maybe seeing a DCI show. And we used to go to uh, Allentown all the time because I was close. Dude, and, the Mecca. Yeah, those folks love drum corps. Yeah, it's so awesome. Like, that was when it was still like prelims finals in the same day. So you, oh really? Yeah. So like literally like seven in the morning. You go out there, like, just do the lot in the morning, or, you know, Holy just, cow. You know, just watching everybody just roll through. Band I, all day. I remember after a run through yeah, on tour, I, your body just, like, shuts down. Mm-hmm. Like, it's used to doing one show a day. It's like, all right, we did it, and yeah. we're done for until tomorrow like, morning. My my rookie year of cadets, I think, that was the last year they did prelims finals, like, on Saturday. Wow. It was like, we had, like, a, I don't know, we performed, like, 10.30 in the morning or something. It's like, Jeez. <laughs> right, like, sun, sun your eyes. <laughs> Kind of thing, and Still then, you, then, you, then you go back and rehearse yeah. for a couple hours, and then come right back, and then come back and do the Jeez. show again yeah. in uniform, just trying to get like sleep out of your eyes and you wake up, get out of your bag, and yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, what years were you at Cadets? 94, 95. Okay, yep. That's actually random fun fact. He marched Cadets in '94 with the guy that taught me how to drum from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So, Demond, small world, Demond yeah. Smith. He's yeah, great. I guess your musical family tree, like. It's like extension of ours because you marched with Demond and Eric Ward and all those yeah. guys that marched with the guys at Moorhead that taught me and Mike. So it's just kind of sure. cool to pace it back, almost like you're doing a genealogy of drums. Oh, it's very much. Cool. <laughs> yeah, no, pretty much. Those guys are great. Yeah, I marched next to Eric for two two summers. What's your what's your nickname for for Eric Ward? Yoda. Yeah, drum <laughs> I call Yoda. Eric I can Yoda. Drum Yoda. Yeah. Like I guess because our. Our drum instructor in high school, obviously, was really good friends with Eric. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that time, I guess Eric and Jeff Queen were both real big kind of names, solo and ensemble, performance, PASIC, this, that, mm-hmm. uh, DCI, solo and ensemble. And he, our drum instructor in high school always referred to uh, Eric as like Yoda <laughs> Jeff Queen is like Darth Vader, oh, like geez. both like super powerful and like all knowing. But I don't know, Eric oh. just kind of would fly under the radar and just like this super chill. He's like, yeah, what's up, man? <laughs> no, he's intense though, man. I yeah, like, it was. I, I love marching next to him because like you could never be tempted to take a rep off too because he was just going hard. You know, yeah, it was great. He wouldn't let you relax. Yep. He's got such big hands for a guy, too. Yeah. Eric Ward. But. He does. Yeah. I've only met him once. I met him at DeMond's wedding a couple yeah. summers ago, for, yeah. for briefly. But I keep telling DeMond, he needs to get him, he's in Alabama now, mm-hmm. he needs to get him Troy. to come to Louisville and we'll do a podcast with him and DeMond at the same Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I guess, backtrack, or re- retrack here. So, you were at sure. IUP, yep. uh, studying music, met Chris Heston, got yeah. him in that game. Yeah, several other guys. I mean, it's been quite a history of People have gone through IEP, I guess. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so I've met those guys. Uh, certainly, you know, the, the uh, band drum pretty well at the time. Actually, uh, we had a graduate assistant who's now the director of percussion at Texas Christian. Brian West is his name, but he was, okay. a, he was a Blue Devil. Her March in 89, 90, I think, or maybe just 90. But phenomenal drummer. He had come from North Texas. And I was pretty totally like East Coast slash like old school, like, you know, like could kind of like, I mean, my first like gigs performing like was were with my dad, like things performing were with my dad in the like the Reading Buccaneers alumni court. Like, so I was, oh, nice. I was like 13 playing with like 50, 60 year old guys. Like, <laughs> it's such know. an interesting dynamic. Yeah, yeah. But like they used to do these indoor shows at like in Harrisburg. Like it was a, uh, it was called Serenade and Brass, but it was like this, it was like the, it was always cool for me because it was like the first drum corps of the year. It was like April they do it like around this time of the year and be an indoor concert and basically like what they've been doing, you know, the camps, that kind of thing. The blue coats would come sometimes because there was kind of an association with yeah. that area at the time. 
uh, some of the service academies and service, like senior corps and then senior corps starting having alumni corps and then my dad started taking me down like to rehearsals and I was sitting there and then I just started playing a little bit and like kind of learning stuff and they were like yeah you want to perform so I'm like I was kind of a kid in that <laughs> situation, but it was invaluable. It was really you know where I'm going with this. Right? Yeah, yeah, I know where you're going with this. You were literally sticks and hands sticks guy. And hand kid. It's like get in. You're in the next rep. Pretty much. You were, yeah. yeah, you were that kid in the lot. With pretty much. Bad sticks hanging out. And it actually pretty, worked pretty out. Much. They were like, yeah. hey, get in pretty here. Much. We got a spot for yeah. you. In today's time, it's the equivalent of the but, the but, kid who like learns the YouTube links and like right. jumps in there. But I was learning triple random cues though. Oh yeah, yeah. Like you know that that kind of stuff. It's very cool. You know that was. It was a even different notation. This mm-hmm. guy named guy who taught my well was one of the teachers. Of my dad like or ran the drum line. Uh, my dad was in senior corps. John Flowers is his name. He's a phenomenal rudimental drummer from uh, Pennsylvania. But uh, he was just so kind to me. He was always just giving me new. He always had new stuff, new drums, new sticks. Like when Stingray drums came out, like he was, you know think what you want about those, but like yeah. they I don't even know what those are. <laughs> they're like the fiberglass kind okay. of kind yeah. of drums, okay. like a you know precursor to some of those things, but. Just always have just very passionate about new things and um, would always just be like kind of giving me stuff and showing me stuff and you know his uh, like music writing and notation was different and just I don't know it was cool exposure to all that stuff sure. yeah that's awesome for, for, sure. for school people of that are things. so important just for kids yep. to keep them engaged and keep them like mm-hmm. fiery and hungry to yeah. new that's stuff half, and that's half the game when you're working with young kids yep. just keep I them totally them. forgot about that being at the, in the senior in the senior decor alumni yeah <laughs> that's yeah. funny yeah so after you marched cadets uh, while you were at IUP, I guess. I did, yep. And then yep. you got into staff with cadets, is that right? Yeah, like I, I think I took a year off um, in 97. I, I did pretty much the whole summer. That was when, um, like some of the guys who had taught me were transi- transitioning to other jobs, that kind of thing, like in life, and that okay. kind of thing. So I was just kind of brought in to do um, like move-ins with, with the snare line cool. you know, that year. Um, it was me and like, John Burbank and a couple of the guys I had marched with, uh, Joe Reichert, guys that were younger guys. It was, it was a blast um, doing that. Um, I was supposed to do the whole summer, but then, well, I did end up doing the whole summer, but with the snare line, but then I think they had some, they had a need like for the pit staff basically when, um, like when Willie Higgins, who was the snare tech at the time, and my, my snare tech, awesome teacher, um, still probably the best teacher I've ever had with anything. Um, but when he got there, he's, he kind of takes over the show. You know, I'm just kind of, yeah. I'm, I'm spraying dots and, you know, help him, you know, run the Dr. Beat stuff. But yeah. I, I got the opportunity to, like, help with the front a little bit, too, because I was interested, you know, like, yeah. in that stuff, but I really had no experience. So it was a really cool summer. I would kind of do whatever was needed with the snare line or, you know, the battery, you know, that way. And then, you know, when they didn't need me, I'd be with, I was kind of a swing guy. I'd go, you know, yeah. with a pit. Utility and, player. Yeah. So, so and I, those guys were really kind and like allow me to do all that different stuff it was really cool that's awesome yeah. really like a yeah. just get your hand in the game from the Absolutely. opposite side of things yeah so experience. I did that and then um, I did a little bit in 98 I think like a week or two but that's I after that summer 97 I actually auditioned during that um, during that summer for the Air Force job and got that so like right in September after finals I went to, to basic training after that so yeah Skirt change change directions a little bit drums a little bit yeah but yeah. still in obviously yeah. with the marine band or the air force band yeah. apologies yeah. Uh, staying in the music scene and mm-hmm. obviously a huge network I guess there and opportunity sure. so yeah. how long or how did you get back into the from I guess the air force band back into teaching um, and working with drum corps again 
Well, that's there's a guy, another guy from Central Pennsylvania. Called, uh, his name's Dan DeLong. He uh, he marched Crossman back in the day. Ran a senior corps, uh, the West Shoreman. They were they're they're very much in that Crossman kind of vibe, you know. Like, but they're very very good, you yeah. know, and uh, like mid '90s kind of thing. He got the gig when uh, Blue Coats kind of had a change in, in management or kind of brought back some people from the past who had been successful that way. But he was part of that kind of new wave in 2000 uh, that that came back to kind of get things you know going again. So. So he, he took over the drum line that year. He gave me a call, or I think he actually made a call to Chris Heston at the time. Um, Chris and I always had a you know little pack that was like, one of us gets a gig, like you're my first call, kind of you know, like, kind of thing. You know, that's a good connection. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so literally, I, I credit Chris with a lot of a lot of it. Um, but um, I think he was talking to Chris about potentially teaching a little bit, and then he's like, hey, I need a guy to like to do snares for a few weeks and. He's like, well, you got to call Tony. And I knew, kind of knew Dan. My dad would never let me march senior corps when I was. Yeah. So your dad didn't let you march. No, just no, he didn't. But little, uh, young, maybe young. No, but I, I was aware, like, of Dan and a lot of guys that I worked with or like marched with in high school. All marched West Shore. Like all my best friends there. Um, ironically, a couple of those guys marched Blue Coats as well. Um, after that, but um, anyhow, Dan. I was one of like three or four guys that Dan had coming in at different times to like you know do the. Do the snare line, so I did like a week of move-ins, you know, a week or two here, you know, during the summer. I uh, wasn't there a lot, but the next year that like, I was talking, the Dan called and said they were looking for a, a front ensemble arranger, making a change that way. And I was really it blue coats? Yeah, and I really hadn't done it, um, certainly at that level at, at yeah. all. But you know, just like I'd, I'd love to take a shot, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. At that, so take your swing. So yeah, so so that worked out um, as far as like, and it just so happened that that same year is when we switched to Innovative Percussion uh, for, you know, for Sticks and Mallets, and they were bringing Eric Johnson in as a consultant, mm-hmm. so it was like... Who was the captain at a Blue Coat set back then? Dan. Dan. Dan DeLong. Okay. Like, that was still when, like, a Ranger caption head was, like, the same job, or, like, yeah. commonly, kind okay. of commonly the same job, I guess. Yeah. So, I'm not sure... The title, yeah, like whoever, like battery manager or whatever, that kind of thing. But basically, he ran the, the yeah, battery, yeah, I'm with you. That, that or was responsible for the percussion. But Eric Johnson, from you know, you guys are aware of him, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's pretty much the best like tutor that anybody could ever have, like for like you know front ensemble and just like he was so kind and yeah, sure, like told me everything that he everything he does exactly <laughs> how he does it. Like not that I compare that, I'm just yeah, you know, but just to see the methodology and the um, the process and, yeah. and uh, of somebody who's that successful and that game changing in terms of like everybody's still trying to recreate that two thousand Cavaliers pit sound, right? I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. That's, pretty much. You know, that's the reason everybody's vibes are on the outsides, right? Because yeah. we all try to make it look like that, and make it sound like that, and you know, the balance, so, and just all the things. Yeah, so the, like the coordination. Yeah, so game changing. It was like having you know basketball lessons from Michael Jordan. You know, yeah, you know, like that kind of thing. That's <laughs> what it felt like at the time, and still does. I mean, honestly, just very fortunate. That way, so yeah, like literally to go to move-ins and like work, spend a week with Eric and just like work through every note of the book. And he's like, "So what do you think in there? Like, what do you, you know, how, you know, what's the reason behind this? What do you exactly? Yeah. Have you thought about this? You know, do you mind if I try this? It's like, of course not. You know, like, do what you do. yeah. So by just, all means, <laughs> just, just extremely, extremely kind and extremely fortunate to be you know mm-hmm. with somebody like him and awesome. to have your stuff kind of ripped apart and like you know in the process yeah and learn from it that yeah. was so valuable you know yeah sure. obviously to be an open sponge and obviously very humble by the opportunity and the person the mentor yeah. that you had 
it goes a long way. Just soak it up and absolutely. Yeah. I did. I didn't realize you'd been with the blue coats since '02. Yeah, I, I thought it was like '09 or oh, somewhere. Actually, so I started teaching in one. It was. It, I've been designing since since 2002, but I first year as there was one. <laughs> <It's crazy. laughs> yeah. I did not. I did not know yeah. it'd been that long. Were you guys born yet? Yeah, I was okay. ten. Yeah, yeah. You're ten. Okay. I was ten when that happened. I was twelve. Makes you feel a little bit better. So, yeah. okay. Actually, I think our instructor Justin had tried out for blue coats in one or something, but or maybe it was '98. I can't remember. It was '98 the last time they didn't make finals. Because yeah, there was that. It was like it was like a it was like a '99 was the year. '99. Okay, that was, that was the it year. then. Yeah. Because right. he said he he had run his his drum corps career was weird. Not that we already interviewed him. I don't want to do yeah. too much detail. He did like Div three back when Div three. Gotcha. He marched Div three as a center somewhere. Taught there before he aged out the next summer. Then for his age out, when I just did blue coats with some guys from that core, yeah. and he showed up and they were like, hey, it was like whole staff change. First camp, they had no center, they had no section leader, and he had taught and it. Basically, yeah. they walked up to him and said, hey, Different day. Your, your hands work the best, and you seem like a good head and shoulders. You, you want to tap for us? And he was like, And he's like, The next camp yeah. I came back and it was like completely different staff. staff. So I was like, All right, no. And then yeah, after that camp, he was like, You can tell, he kind of kept it out. He was like, but, this is not going to. So that was be that before. Good. So he kind of that tri- switch backed away from that at um, that point. But I think Ryan Kilmer was in the pit that year in '99. Oh my yep. gosh, Ryan! Yep. I love Ryan. Yep. <laughs> I got yelled at him many times on tour in 2012 <laughs> from the box. <laughs> Quit leaning into your direction changes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a beast. So obviously you're into the pit arranging game now, and we're in the mid 2000s. Obviously, blue coats are having awesome success with like the caravan and all that show and yeah it was great so start really picking up and yeah um mike mcintosh came in 2004 mm-hmm. and that was cool to learn a ton from him in terms of like collaboration and his process and yeah you know that was a you know a, a new level that way so yeah and then and uh when he left in, in 08 or um then that was another opportunity obviously mm-hmm. it was like that wasn't i before that i've been doing a little bit of work with uh, the troopers when they came back out and wrote, okay. and wrote their whole like percussion score mm-hmm. kind of thing. So I'd worked with a few people, and so it wasn't necessarily a goal to do. I've always been interested to write the whole book, but yeah. Um, just the way that drum corps kind of usually functions, it wasn't set up that way, or like you know, depending on your situation. But just yeah, doesn't kind of happen. Doesn't be, always happen. Kind of just presented itself, sure. I guess, in the, in that way. So and I was excited about that. So yeah, obviously, yeah, the blue coats are like yeah, we give had success with you already doing the one half just makes sense why not sure well you know, it's always a <laughs> you never know how it's, it's going to work out you know, well, you know. hindsight's twenty twenty, sure. I guess but yeah so it's one thing writing high school books successful. and that kind of thing it's another thing writing stuff that you guys are going to like pick apart during the summer you know, yeah. So, yeah. yeah well I, I, it's, good. it's all good <laughs> I mean we I know we give credit when it's out there I, hey <laughs> what we try to do is it's not a criticism we just, it's, it's, we just call a spade a spade pretty much Absolutely. we don't care yeah. about the uniform you're wearing we don't care who your instructors are where yeah. you've where they've marched doesn't matter. It's That's, like if that was good, it was good. If it was bad, it was bad. Like, I, I think everybody should be like that. Yeah, yeah it's just it's the only way to like keep your standard high and like mm-hmm. obviously strive for excellence and perfection. I mean, that's the name of the game. Yep, that's what I mean, those. And it's, it'd never belittle what anybody's doing for sure. I mean, and to kind of go off that a little who, bit, who I am I to do that? We saw you in, in the warm up lots at finals this year, yep. and for a minute, and him and I walked around, took a bunch of videos, and saw people and watched all the different top twelve groups warm up. And I looked at him halfway through the afternoon, and I was like. Do you feel like there's like a been like a a lessening of the attention to detail when it comes to playing from the batteries? Like there was there was more little stuff flying mm-hmm. than I've probably ever experienced at a DCI find. I mean, I don't know if my ears probably. were just I mean turned on more that day for whatever. But it just seemed like everyone was just giving up way more stuff than groups usually give up. The top twelve at least. 
on finals day. Like, it's just weird. You just have to take risks. Yeah, I think that's what everybody feels like they're having to do these days. I guess when I go around and watch and listen to pit books and battery books and, like, the demand that's there, it's like, if you want to try to win, you have to, like, hope for the perfect storm of, like, we wrote our kids the most challenging thing and expect them to be able to do it and that's what it kind of takes to win yeah, a championship. I you that, yeah, I mean, well, it's like it's either going to pay off and we're going to achieve it and win or sure. we'll go back to the drawing board next year and see if we can do from there. Like, it's, I could see, to, to break that ceiling to get into that, like, to win that first drum trophy or win that first gold medal or whatever, I still, definitely, still search. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can talk about that in a second. Know, yeah. 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 Close on yeah. several yeah. occasions. Been close so many times yeah. and Blue Devils swoop in. Yeah, it's, <laughs> hey, that's the way it works, man. Yeah. Well, if it's supposed to happen, it'll happen. I, it'll I think, happen eventually. I think Brett Coon told me happen. one of the things I always go back to, like in like as far as like writing or like thinking about competition or you know, like but especially over the summer. He told me one time, like I think maybe when he was still with Cavaliers or he was consulting at Blue Coats at one time, he's like because they had won drums several times, Cavaliers, and he's mm-hmm. like, he goes, Whenever I, whenever we were fortunate enough to win drums, and I never tried to win drums. It just happened. Yeah. Just, just like it was like an honest byproduct of like Doing the right uh, things. Do, doing like, the right things, making great musical decisions that support the core, that support the overall show, the concept, the fulfilling something, you know, to to a great degree, and it just happens. It's just know? like an organic yeah. result of, like, trying to do the best that you can here, here, yeah. here. So I think you can really, you know, when you... <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You can buzz him in and talk about this summer. What was I going to say? Uh, just organically trying to make everything happen oh, to right. do the right things. Yeah, yeah it's about not trying to. Right? You, you can see you can see when you watch groups like if, if, if it feels like contrived or feels you know weird for the sake of weird or just yeah. you know I don't know. <clears throat> are they just only talking about winning or are they only talking about sure. like just being great? Sure. trying to yeah. max out their product. Because I could definitely see if you're if you're thinking about trying to win that drum trophy, you're going to put more pressure on yourselves to, to be perfect all the time. And a lot of times that's not what you want to do. You want to be as relaxed and loose as possible and you don't want to be thinking about like, if you, basically if you're afraid to mess up, you're going to mess up. Right. And if you're constantly thinking about like, oh, a drum trophy's in the line, holy crap, I have to be perfect, you're already dead in the water. Yeah. And it's just, you got to just forget about it pretty much. Like our yeah. friend Dan, Dan Shack, you ever met him? Mm-hmm. Yep. He, uh, he was a center at Cavaliers in 2011 when they won that drum trophy. And he was like, yeah, we never really talked about it. Like, we just kind of, Mac would come in, we'd do our thing, we'd try to get better every day, and then it just kind of happened at the end of the season. Right. So, yep. Well, I guess to kind of segue from, we were just talking, obviously, about your experience, like learning how to put pit together and battery and stuff. Like, and I guess this doesn't have to be specific to Blue Coast, but obviously sure. it's your gig right now. Uh, in, like, the design process for you guys... Are you like picking out theme and then music or kind of like throwing out ideas and music and theme and like starting and just like trying to see what everybody brings to the table with ideas and yeah, it's a little different every year, honestly. Yeah. It's um, it's never anything in a vacuum, I guess. It's we, uh, we've never really uh, maybe a couple times have built like a show around like music we, we really dig, yeah, know, like or really like, um, but usually it's more like there's usually some kind of foothold, there's either like a um, I don't know, some, some a dance piece, a video, or something like that. That like, that's an idea, and then somebody, you know, the, the music that can go with that, or there's this piece of music we all gravitate towards, and then it sounds something like this, and like the, the concept kind of attaches. Both those things kind of grow like individually mm-hmm. a little bit, and then at some point, 
you know, they obviously have to like mesh together and yeah and support so that the fine tuning gets there. But it's it's always kind of like two different elements kind of working almost like it's put together something that can flow musically has enough all you know variety and contrast and enough for you know us to do our own composing with too it's open-ended enough yeah. i think and you know has an electronics component or some role for like the amplification not necessarily be like soundtracky but like you know yeah just some role for that you know like it'd be it'd be tough for us to play beethoven i think in a or you know shostakovich mm-hmm. in a really like traditional yeah. way you know, yeah i think just gotcha. the way that we're our sensibilities are, I guess. Gotcha. Not that we never would, I'm just saying. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's weird. No, I follow you. So what uh, you're saying is that's the show for next yeah, summer. Shuskovich 10. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. All Russian five, yeah. or just right. four, whatever the big letter it is. So, you know, there's no, like, set process, but, it, like, at some point, you have to find something you like, I think, and then then you have to find, like, the counterpoint in that opposite kind of, cat. if it's music you like, or it's, or it's a visual kind of idea you like, to find a, a, an equally strong kind of motivator in the other yeah. discipline, and then this kind of, kind of things kind of move. Yeah, awesome. Forward and trade back and forth. And then, as far as I guess, like your role as fitting in, like the percussion mm-hmm. and the front and the battery music. Yep. Do you like coordinate a lot with the the brass caption, the grass brass arranger about like, hey, we want to sort of create this moment or this sort of like pacing or. How does all that kind of roll? Yeah, it's more than just, I mean, I've worked with Doug Thrower, who's the arranger, the brass arranger. We've worked together since my time at Bluecoats, and he's been there for like 25 years mm-hmm. now. <clears throat> and uh, He's doing pretty well. He's, he's <laughs> awesome. He's, yeah. Know, a fantastic arranger and just one of the funniest yeah. and best people that I, that I know. But um, uh, anyhow, we, our roles have kind of like, at, at the beginning, it was definitely like that. Like, you know, we, we would just we kind of be in our bubble a little bit and just kind of, and just produce music and then it would go to the visual and then it would get put on the field. You know, like it was, now it's, it's very like everybody's pretty much in on like every decision in some way, you know, like, yeah, like uh, John Vanderkoff is probably has as many inputs like to the music design process as, as I do or Doug does like just because he's the one that has to make it work, you know, obviously like, and has to make sense to him from a flow and a getting people from different parts of the field and, you know, it's like, kind of yeah, you're creating like, a moment in a production. Yeah, and, yeah so there's yeah. nothing we can really, as far as, like, moments of the show or kind of effects or, like, things we want to create, we can't, nothing can happen in a vacuum, I think, and have the level of yeah. coordination you want. So from a micro standpoint of music, it's, like, it, it's, uh, it's Doug also and Vince Oliver, who's the music coordinator mm-hmm. and electronics designer. But um, his, like, coordinator role is, I, I guess we have a probably a pretty unique, maybe not, but at least it is to me. Uh, kind of relationship we all kind of usually are working in different parts of the show mm-hmm. um, yeah. and then we kind of like just kind of trade files a little bit and like you know Vince will mess with something Doug did Vince will mess with something I did with a you know like in ad bars here I'll do something with what Doug has done and we somewhere along the line it kind of like oh we have camp this week okay here's our current version you know like yeah it, it kind of comes together with all that and then continues to evolve but it's very uh, I guess that's a very organic process too yeah it's, but it's it's communication it's kind of it's but it's built i think on just kind of trust and nobody like owns their stuff too harshly or too aggressively everybody understands like we're just trying right. to like throw as many ideas to see which yeah. is the best one i just usually assume the thing that i feel best about in the show that i that i've worked on and spent the most time it's on not is not gonna be, is gonna be <laughs> you know, like, 
That way, well, that was always the joke at Rhythm X when we were there. It's like Tim Fairbanks. Sure. Don't have a favorite part, part of the show. It'll get cut. It'll get cut at yeah. some point. It's just, don't get too attached. Yeah, yeah. it's not. It's not an original thought in my head. It's just like it's the way. Yeah, I get it's through the no, yeah. So that's that a good way to approach it though, and to keep you from yeah. keep your uh, your pride in check a little yeah. bit. Like, well, I'm sure oh, you guys have done a little bit of writing or, or you know, yeah, double that. But too, like you know, when something like feels right to you, kind of thing. You know, like oh man, that just hit. Sweet. Yeah, this is gonna be sweet. Yeah, invariably that's the thing that you know, or that one little detail that only you care about, but it's really important to you, like in the arrangement. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, I remember in 2010, know. for instance, like obviously copyrights are very big these days and sure. have been for a while, but we learned all this stuff. Uh, I think it was Bernstein stuff that we just didn't end up getting the rights to, so we had learned like two or three charts. This is a crown, right? Yeah, okay. it just ended up getting cut for the 2010 season. Like, yeah, we're not doing any of that. So like, okay, yeah, <laughs> here we go. Yeah, copyrights a big thing to move around these days. Sure. Um. So obviously talking about arranging, talking about building stuff together, um, mm -hmm. and you have a pretty big, I guess, collection of kids that also march blue coats that are filtered throughout WGI. Sure. It yeah. almost seems like a precursor for one or the other. I don't know which one comes first, I, the chicken or the egg. Hopefully they make each other better, but yeah. you know, this is pretty exciting, I mean, this weekend. Obviously. Yeah, it's, obviously it's just, we're here, and yeah. I guess blue coats are a prime example of taking risks and kind of molding the two together of most lately and at least in a visual representation you're talking about holding um, the two together what i don't know visually musically electronically oh, okay. um, uniforms like that sort of production have you yeah. seen like how they're both just kind of like or how do you feel the influx of wgi and dci dci and wgi or you for design or yeah yeah i mean or both design and performance um you can certainly see it um, I'm not sure it was like a conscious choice on like our end. I mean, that yeah, wasn't kind of like, the, like the uniform right. wasn't my idea. Obviously, I mean, yeah. I, we're all on board for sure, but I'm not taking credit for it. Just to be clear, um, but you know, I think they that was a big moment. I think for the activity, I guess, in terms of mm -hmm. you know, it's okay to like not wear hats or you know, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. That, that kind of thing. Him and I have talked a ton. I'm a traditionalist. Like yeah. I love the military style, like toy soldier look. Oh, like I, everyone's the same, and it's just. To me, it's, I, like, one of the most, like... Yeah, I'm immersed in the cadets, man. I, 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 I know. I, I like, wanted I, to be a cadet for my entire... Yeah. All yeah. My high school and I, years. I remember sitting at that meeting when we first started seeing uniform things. I'm just and like, your heart oh, kind of just went like, like, I don't... Like, my first reaction is, like, how how is a... How, is a, how do I tell a serum that he has to be a badass, like, in that uniform? Like... Yeah. There's something to that. There really is. Right, like, but, I, like, you know... But, but then you do the math and you think about, like, what they're wearing, you know, tonight. You exactly. know, like, and exactly. I mean... But, and and what you can garner from like a mo like seeing the face and yeah. they can move more naturally like for sure you know, like how some of these groups for sure. move and you can make I think good choices about anything like, yeah. and, and if it, they if they feel good and they're given the right kind of material and I think like I think blue coats good. were the were the trailblazer in doing that uniform wise I would disagree a little bit but I'll well, let you finish your all right, well, let me finish first I'll finish. you finish. correct me <laughs> where I was wrong here but. Um, they were kind of the trailblazer, and then you saw a bunch of other groups the very next summer, like Vanguard yep. did a similar type of uniform thing last summer, and then uh, just a handful of, who else? A handful of groups, I feel like, BD, had I that mean, they, had, they shed their yeah. uniforms and stuff. Yeah, and I think you're... <laughs> Madison Scouts. And, and a lot of, with a lot of things, like, it just goes really far. Yeah, Scouts were the biggest example sure. of it. Yeah. Like, really far in this direction now, but I think you're going to have it come back a little bit and meet in the middle. 
I don't know. I feel like it went a little far, and to me, Scouts might be an example Maybe. of it going a little too far in that direction. Yeah. I don't know. I think it might pull back a little bit and meet somewhere in the middle where you'll have, if it's appropriate or fits what you're doing, it'll be utilized. You'll still have years where it's like, you know what, we're going to go traditional this year. We're going to have a Shaco or a Helmet or in the normal, I don't know. It's a decision every group has to make. Yeah. yeah so like, they have, some groups have, you know, long, long traditions, and like some of their tradition is military. Mm -hmm. you yeah. Know, look and, you know, what we think of as the, you know, the old cadet kind of. Yeah. Kind of version. Um, it's like a Yankee, like the Yankees sure. baseball uniform. You're just like, oh my gosh, they're changing. But right. like, I, I don't. I would tend to understand or like, yeah, or, or uh, suggest how other courts feel about it. I just know that I think there was an increasing like uh, frustration with being able to do the things they wanted to do with the body, you know, and yeah. and, and, and movement, movement wise, you see more of the, the color guard and choreography and those elements mm -hmm. permeating the the brass and that kind of thing. And I mean, obviously, and with color guard. Sorry to cut you off there. there you go. Uh, obviously, with the color guard, that's been like the norm. The norm of like right. we use the color guard to help drive the engine of the theme for this show. Yeah. But now, choreography within the brass and the drum line is becoming so much more prevalent. Maybe somewhat due to WGI and stuff. That why not use that also to help drive the engine for immersing this football field into this production. True. And I think that we started to do that a little bit in 2010 at Crown when we switched. To like the velour and oh, then they yeah, do the, right. the sleeves and the drums sure. and everybody does the drum slips and stuff now to help to right. sync everything in but yeah absolutely so kind of relaxed more textured more dude that was the... were more modular for the show yeah the exact show that you were doing rather yeah. than the, the guards are the only one that gets to portray the concept and then you have to suspend your disbelief that they're just standing next to these random like you know cadet style uniform you know it's like, like a disconnect like a West Point bit. yeah it's like mm -hmm. yeah. with ostrich feathers on their heads yeah. you know, like what <laughs> Like what are we what are we doing here? Like, well, why is that cool? Yeah, why is sure. that cool? Yeah. But then again, there's wouldn't be Tiffany land around either, or you know, like, but you know, yeah. And this is to play off of that WGI bleeding into DCI kind of theme. Um, I mentioned earlier, Evan and I noticed at least thought in our opinions the, the attention to detail on the playing side of things from drumline seemed lower than it has in past years, and that might have just been a weird year. It might have just mm -hmm. been an off year, whatever. But I attributed a little to to how much. And you have to perform. Performing is a big part of it. Sure. Emoting, all these kind of things, showing emotion. Uh, yeah. But I, at some point, like especially for snare, any drummer, snare, bass, quad, whatever, it's so detail-oriented. The more factors and variables you add in, like it's sure. I feel like the clarity is going to suffer at some point. Now, there's something that can be said for if you practice that way all the time. But if your drum is moving a ton because you're like Absolutely. really emoting a bunch, I feel like that's where some of that might be coming from, that, that, and that's a bleed over from WGI. It's, I feel like it's where that came from. Uh, sure. I mean, do yeah. you think? I think there's certainly that's a, part of it, or is it just there's a there's a line there somewhere. Yeah, it has to be. Gonna... It's like what's natural and what's overkill, overhype. I mean, yeah. there's always been even when I was at Crown, like in before, I guess it was Shaco lists, and you were performing now in DCI, like they do a lot in WGI. There were times where people were just like overhyping, so it's like finding, I guess as an instructor and as a member like who do you need to reel in and who can you let go and what do you have to do it's also the demands I think too yeah so, like literally with their, the material being asked yeah like, that's true I, I mean judged a lot of drum lines this year like you know around the mm -hmm. country and like my most common like comment to like younger groups is like it feels like we're like the production stuff is all like it's elaborate I mean it's like mm -hmm. the, the, the visual imprint on the floor and the you know how they move and like the risks they take that way, or it's cool, you know. But 
there's a, a baseline of playing even at the lower levels too that seems to be dipping in some cases. Yeah. Right? And some of that's yeah. the addition of yeah. There's, there's a effect visual judge. Well, now we, we, like, well it's like it's weird because it's like rising in some ways, but also like there's like so, a detriment in some plays or some places. But I think overall, when you look at the bottom end of WGI or DCI, the bottom and the middle are definitely coming way up because more kids are doing yep. indoor drumline. They're drumming year round. They're always in front of tech staff or something. But then like sometimes maybe it's not as great some years at the top as it has been. So it's kind of I'd agree with that. Yeah. They try to do too much, in my opinion. Like they overwrite the level of players they have in the group, and I'm, I'm so happy. And they take their the drum lines yeah. are too big. We're happy that RCC is kind of proving what we've been saying on our podcast all year that less is more. <laughs> in my opinion, RCC is clearly one of the top groups this year. They always are, and I'm extremely happy they're doing it with seven snare drums. That's what that's that's what I want to get at here. Like him and I have talked talked it to death about. You don't need to go nine. If you don't have the talent for the ninth guy, or the eighth guy even in some cases, you can still do well. You don't have to be that full-size snare line. And it's it's it makes me very happy. I don't know if validated is the word you want to use. And it's just like they're doing it really well with seven snare drums. And it's, yeah. Well, I listen to play, they don't seem like they don't have enough sound. Or, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. Just, you know. Yeah. Sometimes it's just, it's either good or it's bad. So, yeah. On the lines of judging... Do you think it's harder to compare? Obviously, you have the two sections: comp, uh, uh, composition, and then performance, which yep. I guess more of achievement. Do you think it's harder to compare comp or performance? Uh, it's probably it's more uh, subjective in the composition yeah. side because I think we're all, no matter how much we read the manual and understand the the criteria the same way, we all mm -hmm. bring our own like experience, and that's mm -hmm. the reason I think that. You know, it's interesting. That's why we double panels. Why we yeah for for these these kind of shows. So you bring your own background and preference is probably the wrong word, but like you, we all have what makes sense to us. Oh yeah, think, in, sure. our, in our head. So you, I, yeah, I think that I would agree with that. Just you, from personal. you try your best. Yeah, I think to really stay to the I mean, to to the criteria, but there's some sort of interpretation that goes from your personal experience. I think through composition. Well, so. It's like the referee in a sports game. Like there's some level of just like yeah. humanity to it where you bring. Your, like you said, your own experiences to it. And uh, I think that's what makes it awesome. But also, I think that's what's great about drum corps and like critique or like panels of judges that see the same show multiple times because there's things that, like, in a critique, obviously, a staff can tell you, like, oh, you missed this here that they can catch later. Or on a second view, you'd be like, I didn't, I didn't see that the other day, or right. I didn't see that. So, oh, it happens all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, there's so much going on in a, a yeah, show. Don't, don't a I think that's why the, I think, I mean, the reason the there's the same panel does um, semifinals and finals is that the instructors want that, or they voted that mm -hmm. in from the advisory board because they want the ability. They want to the judges to see. Hey, check this out. Check well, this we don't out, have any interactions answer. like in these two days, but like, yeah. but it's more like you see a show once, you're like, you can be taken in. You see a show second time, it may register way differently with you in terms of like depth or connection or you know yeah so I didn't I didn't know the same with the same panel those two days I didn't know there was no like no I guess that would finals. make sense that there's no critique that would make uh, what are you sense. really going to critique and change yeah, <laughs> I mean, it is what it is I just yeah, the last critique was after like the power regional weekend yeah okay so, yeah. yeah well in some local circuits there was mm -hmm. critiques for groups going sure championships but WGI section critiques I think that's awesome yeah so I mean yeah Definitely you get stuck on something that you saw at a show yeah. and then the next day, you're like, 
Oh, I was looking at that here, but I missed this, so it makes total sense. Well, sometimes even it's like, you know, some of these arenas have the aisles that go up in the middle, and we sit, like, we're double panel, like, like we sit different sides of the arena. It could be, like, on the, oh, yeah. the, on the 35 or 40, kind of, like, yeah, on, on the court, and there's those are can be two different shows sometimes, like, That's just true. in terms of how things are presented and what you get focused on. You know? Yeah, I mean... Blue Coat shows Tilt's a perfect example of that. If you sit on this side, it's going to look completely different than you sit on that <laughs> side. Yeah, 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 I guess. I remember yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Where do you see all this going? I've, I've asked a couple people this, and him and I have talked about this a bunch. Where, that's yeah, vague. That's vague. I'm, go, I'm getting to it. <laughs> I'm getting to it. All right. I'm just gonna, where do you see this going? We'll see you later. Leave pause on I didn't even know where you were going. I was like, what are you <laughs> talking about? I guess, do you, obviously the activity is growing. DCI, WGI especially is growing sure. like crazy. Yeah. Um, uh, DCI, I'm pretty sure is growing, it seems like. The fact that we had D- um, WGI at four locations this weekend is it's pretty crazy. Pretty five. Five. Five? Oh, for the concert, yeah, yeah. counting. Oh, I forgot, so, about, that. I forgot about that division. Uh, yeah, concert is great. Those kids, those kids throw down. I will not forget about concert division, <laughs> even though it's definitely less talked about here. It, so, it, I, know, I know. I guess what I'm getting at here is, could this activity, like WGI or DCI, ever break more into the mainstream of society? Because most people, most more people that I meet, have no clue what it is, have no idea that That's it true. even exists. They've heard, they've think, heard the they term know drum, marching band. They've heard the term drum corps before, sure. but don't really. And and because we've talked about it a bunch, and maybe the fact that it like if you watch a basketball game, anyone whether you know how to play basketball or not can be impressed or entertained by somebody doing a 360 windmill dunk or something. Or you're, it's going to be I impressive. Well, okay, well, yeah, <laughs> yes. Sorry. All right, if you're, watching, if you're watching a football game. Sure. If you're watching yes, a football yeah. game and you watch a guy like hurdle Watch a linebacker just run, down, run yeah. through the line and nail exactly. running back. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm all in. Yeah. Does, it, possibly Basically, this, we need to be more violent and we'll get more attention. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. But this activity might require a little too much prior base knowledge to truly appreciate because my parents came to all sure. of this drumming stuff when I was doing it when I was younger. Yeah. They are like, most of the group sounded the same. Like, yeah. they can't really, they don't hear the clarity. They can't tell the difference. Like, yeah, they can hear sure. that you play really wrong notes. But at the top level, like, very rarely do you hear keyboard players hit many wrong notes at that yeah. point. And it's, yeah. I don't know, I think that might hold it back. What do you, have you ever given that much thought? Or, like, is that really um, a goal of the administrative boards of DCI? I don't know. I, I think there's enough just... I think they're two separate activities, probably, like the drum corps model, oh, yeah, and, yeah. and obviously they're two separate activities, mm-hmm. but uh, WGI is way different. I think WGI is more of a, certainly an international appeal, just there's been mm-hmm. Indonesia, Thailand, like, just, you know, a lot of the Asian like market, I think sure. it's really, um, it can go that way, I think for sure, with a lot more in- involvement. Well, WGI uh, is a little bit cheaper to and it, it feels that's very true. This, this feels a, a bit more marketable in a mm-hmm. lot of ways, too, with uh, uh, just the, maybe this, the show material, uh, just the... Shows we tend to do the scholastic element to it with schools. So yeah, that's um, I mean, there's so many schools. But I, I think I'm probably sorry. it's an important distinction. Like if it's like a, it's right now, it's still an education based activity. Sure. And I think to to do something you want to market and have it be profitable and um, in more of a mainstream sense, I think that'd be you have to make some decisions about how it's presented. Maybe mm-hmm. more artistic control over that's fair things. I mean, because right now it's an activity. For us, by us, you know, Basically, we, we do yeah. it for each other. Yeah, know? pretty much. Yeah. You know, we have our own little niche biodome here, yeah. like a, a, a you know small we, network of we people. Control. We can do shows like you know that challenge the activity and mm-hmm. reference the activity in certain ways and mean something because you have you know a history in it and mm-hmm. and nobody 
you know, nobody's going to care about that if they're watching it on TNT. You know, the casual or, person's not yeah. following the history of the Because I know Drum Corps had done that, was on ESPN yeah. a couple of years in the early 2000s and stuff. And I'd... Well, that got philosophical, too. Like, that was, they wanted, I think, at least my understanding <laughs> of that is ESPN wanted more of a, like, a running score. Like, you would have, like, at a gymnastics event. You know, oh, like, so like basically, oh, so so like, it, oh wow! Before so like, like judges tally the scores and boom, okay, the blue right. devil or blue coats have gotten a ninety-two. Right, let's whatever. Let, let's see if they can. The next score can pull it out, you know, or like you know, yeah. top that, so, and then I think they want a lot more really. critical, like kind of like you know, like the gymnastics example. You see somebody like you know stumble or not nail a yeah, you know, yeah, two foot landing, landing or something, or yeah, or something like is, that. Yeah. Something that's like yeah, on a strict want, point basis that you can sure. knock off, but yeah. That's yeah, I can so see that being tough. So, it, so it's kind of in conflict with like the celebration of arts and music and sure. young mm-hmm. people, that kind of thing. I think it's more philosophical than anything. So that makes sense. So I think as the activity would try to get bigger, I think we were more exposed that way. I think you'd run into like places where you have to make decisions mm-hmm. like that, like what's important, like the NCAA sacrificing sure. morality and ethics for the dollar. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So. I'm surprised more universities have it. Like you have George Mason University; they're affiliated with the school, or are they just ah. they are. They, they, they are. are. Yeah, they're, they're in my area, like in, in D.C. You Tyler like, Junior College out of Texas, right? They're a group that's affiliated with the college, mm-hmm. I think. And then RCC, is the, they used to be deeply with yeah. Riverside Community. Are they still? They, I, they I assume they're using They the announced name, them I, as RCC, though. They never. Yeah. They used to say Riverside Community College, and now it's just right. RCC every time they announce them at a show. I don't know. Like a Blue Devils Association, but yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know if Blue, Blue, I don't Blue know if Blue Devils, Devils Inc. kind of like absorbed RCC Maybe. kind of as a. It's all system Blue now. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, Something like that. But good for them. They created their own corporation, pretty much. Basically, anytime yeah. you see drum lines or drummers in Hollywood movies or on stage with with performers and stuff, it's usually somehow related to either uni- if it's not a university, if it's not a college in the area, it's Blue Devils Inc. provided the drummers or Probably. whatever it was. Good for them. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well. Big gulps, eh? Our big gulps. Those skis yours, both of them. Dumb and dumber reference there. I'll cut that out, too. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jim Carrey. Uh, yeah, what's man. Your, what's your... What's the... F- okay. I always like to ask everybody. Sure. What's the funniest thing that's ever happened when you've been on tour? Whether mm-hmm. as an instructor, whether it's been as a member when you were marching. That's a tough one to come through. I know. I, I'm just... I, Something might pop into his head and ask everybody. <laughs> That's like asking, what's your favorite movie? It's like, I have like 30 million favorite yeah. movies. Let me think. Um, well. Um, I, I think what I can say. <laughs> I was going to say, I was gonna, there's probably a lot of things in there yeah. that are like, for instance. There's just, it just popped in my head. I mentioned Doug is like, this is not like the funniest story ever, but mm-hmm. you probably have to know Doug. I think it's really hilarious, but we were like, we have move-ins or we used to have move-ins at uh, Denison University. It's like some hills there. Thank you for moving closer to me now so I can actually oh, come okay. check out moving nice. at some point. <laughs> but we, it was like early on, we had to stay like kind of door tours across campus and like we had really had no idea where we were going. It was like, we were, and we're trying to walk to rehearsal and it's like, oh, middle of the day, it's like literally 100 degrees and we're, you know, dehydrated, let's say. Um, trying to like navigate through the campus up there and like we're literally just pouring sweat and have to like, you know, sit down. And these hills, Doug just looks at me and goes, if I die here, you can eat me. Like, <laughs> I, I laughed about that for like like weeks, but anyway. I feel like people say they're gonna die yeah. all the time on tour. Like there were so many times where I was like, I'm <laughs> done. Die, yeah, I'm just gonna sit under this tree and just yep. clock out, punch out. Yep. I'm done. We can talk about other funny ones off offline. Okay, yeah, yeah, fair, yeah. Enough. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> for instance, I'll ice cream calling me. Jeez, again. Yeah. I don't know if those are. No, he didn't again, but. 
Well, you got anything else for him? I ran through pretty much my list, so. Yeah, I think. Uh, of interesting questions that I had. Solid. On the record. <laughs> solid, solid 45 minutes or so. Yeah. But, dude, we really appreciate you sitting down with us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think you guys are doing doing good work and enjoy listening when I can. Yeah. Yeah. It's the goal. Just keep it going. Yeah. Keep it fresh. Try to keep it entertaining. Yep. <laughs> have as many have as many names in the activity. Our friends, guys at the top, guys who are getting started. We want to interview everybody. We want. I think find like a way to obviously creative minds and people with as much experience and obviously success, well merited. Like you're just so fun to like sit down and pick your brain and just happy to do it. Man. Yeah, man. Absolutely. It's Thank awesome. You. All right. Well. Yeah. Everybody, make sure you uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel you're listening to this on. Um, follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook. It's all just look for aged out podcast. Hit us up with questions. Yeah. Email us any questions, post questions in the comments. We'll address them if you want, if we can. Um, and we'll just see everybody next time. Peace.